1: Hello, folks. Welcome to Inclusive Collective, where we share stories and learnings of inclusive people, organizations, and innovation. I am your co-host, Nadia Butt, an organizational development and belonging strategist. And I'm joined by my best yeah. friend, Rob Hadley, a people and culture strategist specializing in DEI and people analytics, Rob. It's good to be back this week with you. Did you How miss-
2: did I get to best friend status? I thought I was I was like in the first I was like in the lower tier and then like almost like You were. Like I've been like <laughs> Not the
1: lower. The, you, the, you you were like in the Almost
2: league. like Ted Lasso. There's three I like tiers. just kept jumping leagues. <laughs> now I'm in the Premier League.
1: There's three yeah. tiers that I have. And you were in the second. You're like the top of the second. <laughs> and then I heard an episode recently where you referred to me as your best friend and i was like oh. and <laughs> yeah. so i was like that is so cute and then of course i got to see you and your family this past weekend in utah yeah. and i was like i miss being with you rob like we worked together for so long and then there was like a seven and now death, you're
2: considering moving to utah to so that's great
1: that's right <laughs> uh no that's not right <laughs> not true I think your wife wants me to she was like showing me the guest room and she's like this is yeah. your bedroom Come anytime
2: <laughs> anytime yeah
1: it was great but um I do want to just for our listeners who may have missed last week's episode I was out of the office um, we did have my brother Assad who is a co-host with you who is a founder of Refillion um, and I just want to also mention that he had um, my 11-week-old niece <laughs> was who he was holding throughout the entire episode, which I'm so like surprised by because I can't believe she didn't make a peep. But I'm just curious, how did they do? They did,
2: they did great. <laughs> yeah. she did great, right? So if you look at the videos, you can clearly see us bouncing up and down as we're having yes. the conversation. So it's it's a little bit jarring yeah, if you look at some right. of the, the videos out there on YouTube. Where you can see him trying to yes. ask a question and bounce at the very, at the same time, so they did great, and I think that uh, you know hopefully we'll they can both come back at some point.
1: Absolutely. So thank you, Asad, for um, guest hosting. It's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> but You did a great job. So thank you for that. Um, and then there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. So Rob, as you know, is, um, I was you know at in your home state last week, lovely Utah. Yeah. I toured the mighty five national parks. I'm not really quite certain how we did all five in a week, but um, they were each of them were awesome in their own way. Right. Like the terrain, the landscape. I do have reflections on my visit that I think I'm going to share on social media. So folks like stay tuned for that. Okay. Um, Just in like a little blurb. Um, But. I also just wanted to share with our listeners that you, um, that of course, like I, like I said, we, we finally got to meet up after a while and there were things, a few things that I gathered, um, or learned about you that I wanted to share if you're willing to let me share. So the first thing is, um, you and your wife appear to be avid gardeners and I was so impressed with (laughs) like, you're growing plums and blueberries and all of the vegetables and herbs and, was there? You said that was there like a peach tree that you just planted. Just, yeah, I got the new peach
2: tree. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I love it. So I love that about you. Um, I got to meet Ellie, mm-hmm. yes. your dog, finally, yeah. who is like literally my new bestie. Like she does curl up next to you mostly, but I will say there was a moment where I feel like her and I had a moment. Okay. Um, so really appreciate that. Actually, there's four things. The third is your son is incredible. He is so bright so personable he wants to be a soccer player professionally love his dreams um that's awesome and then the fourth which like i i wouldn't have known this but i was like i don't know why i'm so impressed by it but apparently you're like a fantastic chef (laughs) and i love that you love to cook and that you're like the, the the cook i mean juliana cooks too but like you are the the one that cooks I think maybe the majority of the meals, but you cooked my eggs and they were fantastic. So, uh, just some great observations that I appreciated, um, and you know, thank you for having me. Yeah, so yeah.
2: So one and four to go go together, right? Because I I really don't like to garden or do anything, but I like to use okay. that stuff in what we cook, yeah. right? And so, and then as you know, okay. my wife is a or an obesity specialist or expert physician, and so therefore yeah. we spend a lot of time trying to think about how to cook healthy foods for our son who you mentioned and then also for our dog who gets a lot of the 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 byproducts of a lot of things that we that we make so yeah so it was great it was really great to have you here and get to see after you know it's probably been a long it's been a long time since we've been in the same room we got to hang out a couple times so that was it was awesome yeah it was great
1: thank you for having us it was lovely to see you well, thank you for indulging. Um, shall we get to the deep?
2: Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, I'm going to start us off here, okay? We're going to talk about Nike, yes, right? So this sure. is from the Toronto exactly. Sun, which I'm told has just reappeared after days of toxic smoke and wildfires. Uh, Canada blocked it. That's, uh, that's the wrong Sun. So Nike <laughs> is planning to unveil a gender-inclusive line for kids called Kids One Fit mm-hmm. as part of its Pride celebrations this month, here in the month of June. So this yes. reporting... This was leaked from emails posted on Twitter, always the most reliable source. Uh, I can only guess (laughs) as part of, as you know, there's this manufactured one-sided culture war. I think that in the context of the way it was revealed on Twitter, it was like, look at Nike, look how woke they are to try to drum up support against some of the things that they're doing. But I don't think, Nadia, that this is a company that can scare easily. And this is, you know, in keeping in their trends in as a company that is very inclusive in terms of their product design. So they've released sure. accessible, yeah. no tie shoes. They've worked to have mannequins in their sco- stores of all sizes. We know they supported Colin.
1: They were one of the first companies that created like a sports hijab for Muslim women. There
2: you go. And they were, you know, they were yeah. when there was blowback against Colin Kaepernick, they did not back down. They in fact featured him in a number of their ads. And so they also had a deal with Dylan Mulvaney, who, as you know, loves Bud Light. And can't get enough Bud Light. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so they've, you know, they've made it a point that they don't back down. It's a company that they stick with their athletes and their beliefs. And I think they're probably one of the best examples that we have of a company saying, this is who we yeah. are. This is what we stand for. And they've done quite well, obviously. Any thoughts yeah. on, on Nikes? Sure.
1: Well, one, I'd love to talk to somebody from Nike. So like, if you're listening, like, please come join us on Inclusive Collective. Um, yeah, I mean, great on Nike for doing this. Like you mentioned all those examples of how they continuously, um, you know, are trying to be inclusive, provide accessibility to people that um, are craving their products. I think it's a really great example, too, of how they're listening to their employee base as well as their customer mm-hmm. base, right? And as long as their um, folks are receptive to it. And I think it's, um, you know, unlike corporations like Target, like we just noticed, who are still kind of getting... Keep from um I think they had like a tuck friendly swimsuit um that people were outrageously you know criticizing and kind of demolishing going into stores and i I feel like they kind of took a they took a stance where they kind of retracted mm-hmm. um selling that product. And I feel like Nike, like you said, is just very like, no, this is what we stand for. The, these are our values. We're gonna continue to push what serves our employees and our customer base. What we, what is the, doing the right thing? Um, and you know, perfect timing for Pride. So great. I think it's I think it's great all around.
2: Yeah, their mission statement. Do you know their mission statement?
1: I it don't. Is, uh,
2: I did not know if it was. I <laughs> think that's their slogan. <laughs> So it is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. If you have a body, you're an athlete, right? And so that is what they lead with. And that's how they choose to think about what practices they're going to engage in as a company, both for their employees and for their customers. And so they use it as as a way to start internal discussions, right? How they're going to design uh, for everyone with a body, right? And so they can be rock solid in standing behind their athletes and then supporting them no matter what comes in terms of conservative activists, trying to make them uh, change course. Right.
1: Like back down. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I love that. That was a great story. Thank you for sharing. Shall we go on to the next? So, okay. Mesa, Arizona, you know, I was trying to remember, I don't even remember on the map where Mesa is. Is it near Tucson? It is near Phoenix. Okay. Great. Thank you for. I just wanted to like visually depict it. So, Mesa, Arizona is the first US autism friendly city, according to the BBC. Um, so, Mesa is the first ever autism certified city in the US, designated by the IBCCES, which is the International Board of Credentialing Continuing Education Standards. This was launched by Visit Mesa, the leading regional destination marketing organization, to encourage businesses to participate in specialized autism training. Geared toward executives and uh, front-facing hospitality and service service staff to better recognize autism spectrum disorder, um, of course ASD for many of those uh, acronym wise, mm-hmm. and um, service the needs of ASD travelers from the planning stages of a vacation to where they arrive in the in uh, in their destination. What's really cool about this, Rob, is like more than 500 um, Mesa Park Parks and Rec um, community facilities employees have been certified 1200 plus Mesa police department, public safety and law enforcement individuals um, were also involved in getting training certification. Um, And Oh, and there's over 4,000 community members Mm. um, within Mesa itself that have completed the um, certification as well, which is just really cool to see Um, your thoughts.
2: Well, I, a couple of things, I I just thought it was a really inspiring story of activism as well. So the, the person that they cited here was Mark Gutierrez. He had a son who was autistic and from traveling, he noticed that a lot of the, the hospitality industry was not set up to work with folks that are on the autism spectrum. And so there was some data there that 87% of autistic families don't take vacations, according to a survey, because it's just very difficult and, 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 it's hard to plan. And so I thought it was just a great, inspiring story of activism, of taking action to change that environment for everyone there in, in Mesa, Arizona. And I think that as a city, they will profit from it, right? I think that there will be a lot of yeah. people to seek out ways to enjoy that, that particular town. I know baseball spring training's there. They have a great natural history museum, right? So go ahead yeah. and visit Mesa.
1: Oh, you, know, you know a lot about Mesa, Okay. <laughs>
2: But it made that. me think, wow, there's, yeah. you know, is it somewhere that I could work into to my schedule as well? And so um, other cities right. working towards certification, Palm Springs, High Point, North Carolina, Visalia, California, and Toledo, Ohio, Nadia. So uh, so great job, wow. Toledo, All Ohio, right. right? But Good I think,
1: job, Toledo. You know,
2: and then one in 36 kids in 2020 were diagnosed with autism. And so this is something that cities, tourist attractions, hospitality industry should really be thinking about how do they gain this certification. And so I thought it was I was great, and I was I learned a lot just from this particular story and the efforts of Mesa, Arizona.
1: Yeah, I also just think it's really important for people like public service, law enforcement, <clears throat> um, people in kind of the public service environment to also, be certified mm. in understanding and learning um, really how to engage um, and welcome folks um, who are living with ASD. And so um, I think there there could be things that, that we learn from this um, when we think of other neurodivergent peoples or people with different backgrounds. Right. Um, and so I'm not going to go down a whole spiral because I can here, but I, I do think that there I want to kind of keep an eye on this because I think there's some – Really cool learnings that could come out of it um, as we study it a little
2: bit more. Yeah, and I think I I just don't think that if you are a town with a tourism industry, which ninety percent of of towns want people to visit and come and spend money, that you wouldn't look at this and say, "Okay, well, this is something that we need to do in order to be more welcoming and inclusive and and get on the radar." Yay, Mesa! Yay, Mesa, Arizona! (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for that, Nadia. Let's take a quick break and get back to it in a minute here with more deets from the world of inclusion. Stay tuned.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager,
1: are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you.
0: Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
2: Welcome back to Inclusive Collective. Nadia and I are going through a few of the stories from the world of inclusion. Nadia, what do you have next for us?
1: Rob, so according to the NPR, um, the new Spider-Man movie, but also, also, by the way, like I didn't even realize there's there's always, some new there's always Man a new there's always a new spider. Like I've lost summer. track
2: of the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I
1: have lost track. Okay, so anyways, uh, the new Spider-Man film shows that representation is a winning strategy. So the box office figures and the demographic data for moviegoers have actually painted a very clear picture for this industry that representation matters. Um, Miles Morales, a Puerto Rican Afro Latino teenager from Brooklyn, who has been part of Marvel for years apparently is part of the this movie um, the film grows 208 million dollars um, worldwide on opening weekend nice um, the main hero portrayed by Shamik Moore featured um, several spider also featured several spider women as well as the India-based spider person Pavita Pre Uh, prob Haker, i apologize if i enunciated your name incorrectly um and the new spider-man film shows that representation is a winning strategy so you know rob again like this might be my aging process showing but i really have like no idea that there was another spider man movie out the only reason i learned that there was was not only because of this article article but because my best friend's daughter who is 18 loves spider-man and win and so um, for for real though, this is great representation on the screen. Really matters for all to see. Um, so really I'm happy to to hear this. And and maybe and maybe I'll be heading to the yeah. Movie I think
2: you should. Again. So I got a five star review from the woman who cut my hair this week at Great Clips. Oh, so, that's
1: yeah. Awesome. So they
2: they do a pretty good job. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was a great yeah. clip that I got. You know, I'd say it's like an above I mean, average clip. But they um, should change it to an above <laughs> average clip. But the one. just as an aside just as an aside i had to sh- like the as i was yeah. thinking about that the, the, like the pandemic you know really made me not care who cuts my hair is like that was like the that was like my big takeaway from I the know. pandemic um i'm starting to think maybe i should get something above average clip but so anyway okay. great <laughs> review really long review over the course of yeah. my great clip um yeah. And I think that, and so, and, and the first one was really good. And then, I, so it's something that I actually do want to see because I watched the first one with my son. It's fantastic. Sure. And so they said this was even yeah. better, uh, the the young woman who cut my hair. Yeah. So I think that this works, right? I think because it's in context of the story, right? So they're universe yeah. hopping, since you haven't seen it. And therefore it makes sense that in an alternate universe, there's a Puerto Rican Spider-Man, there's an Indian Spider-Man, there's, mm-hmm. there's Spider-Women. And so it makes sense. Uh, it doesn't have to be a white dude, as as your as your universe hopping, right? And so I yeah, would say that tokenism.
1: So we're not going to see Richard Drive.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going, right? So tokenism, <laughs> oh. you know You know, Richard Drive is my new favorite thing to talk about. But
1: I know you know tokenism
2: know. doesn't work, right? It doesn't add value. But if you can come up with a formula like this in the context of the movie, then you really have something. So we know that superhero movies are made to be blasted around the world, right? That's why most yeah. of the movies that are made these days are superhero movies, because they can be sent around the world, but it's still usually the same story blasted around the world. This is a little bit different mm-hmm. because it's very much in context of the story that there's all these different... Uh, you know, characters and all these different versions of Spider-Man. So I think if you come up with something like that, that's yeah. a really winning yeah. formula. And it just adds yeah, to the appeal of that particular story, which is why, Nadia, Richard Dreyfuss, that still bothers me, <laughs> right? So no one I told know, okay. Richard Dreyfuss <laughs> that he has to cast a Black actor to, to to play, you know, something that's obviously a white character. Like, no one, uh, like, if he wants to make a movie about Babe Ruth, he doesn't have to cast a Black actor. Yeah to play Babe Ruth or something like that. So, you know, it's no one told the people that made this movie, Spider-Man, that they were trying, they they didn't Mm -hmm. set out to make a diverse movie. They were making a creative movie and therefore it just worked out that way. And so I think that, and you can see that there's tons of success to be had in in creating these very authentic stories that feel natural and are are presented as such. So great movie, great clips, you know. Great
1: movie. All right, I'm I think sold. I might have to go see it this weekend. I don't know about this weekend. Maybe in a few weeks I will see it. I thought check.
2: you were gonna say you had to go get a haircut at Great Clips. No? No. No. <laughs> okay.
1: no. No, I get my hair done by a stylist <laughs>
2: Um
1: <laughs> no, not yeah, that you're a good but <laughs> but like I got a lot to work with over here.
2: <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about Mark Tubin. Uh, Mark Cuban. The billionaire, the guy on the, you know, have you been watching the NBA finals or the NBA playoffs, Nadia? I, you
1: know, I wasn't, but it was on the background okay. a lot, either like with family. So
2: he has the yeah. commercial yes. where he's Mark Tuba and he's trying to sell tube socks. Have you seen that one?
1: Yes. <laughs> That's why when I read it, I was like, oh, yes, I get it. Yes.
2: So owner of the Dallas <laughs> Mavericks basketball team says yes.
1: Shark Tank. Shark Tank,
2: he's the right, guy on the far like left. I, he, never, he never invested yes. in anything. So he says, Call me woke, right? So Cuban told an audience on Mackinac Island, which I had to look geographically, that's in Michigan. I don't know if it's in Lake Michigan or Lake Superior, somewhere up there in the Great Lakes region. said, and I'll read the quote. He said, call me woke. You don't need to call it DEI. You can call it whatever you want. I call it good business. It means taking the people that you're selling to and making sure that your workforce looks like them and making sure that you can reflect their values and be able to connect to that. That's what works for me. What do you think, Nadia?
1: So, um, listen, my hypothesis is spot on. White men are going to influence other Mm. white men. So, and this is through observation that I I hypothesize this, and then I have been finding this in my observations. So if Mark Cuban can reach people of the dominant group, then great, because that's less work for me to have to do that. Um, The other item here is that um, I really appreciate him sharing his sentiments like he's using his power and his privilege and his platform to convey like this experience and value to other business mm-hmm. folks, right? To people that are willing, maybe hopefully, willing to listen, and that he may have influence over. Um, he, I don't know if you. When I was reading the article. Uh, there were a couple of articles that were written about this particular um, situation. And he kind of got political, and I'm curious if like this is maybe him setting himself up to to run for office. Like, what do you think, Mark Cuban, 2024?
2: I mean, he's <laughs> talked about this in previous cycles, and so I think that there's, I think there's part of it. I think I, I think that.
1: Oh, like you really believe it? I didn't. I didn't actually no, believe it. I was he, just like, oh, I thought I thought you were going to laugh about okay, it. He's so considered like, it.
2: I think that there's there's several really rich people considering. You know, is there an opportunity for a third-party candidate if, if you have to, yeah. essentially, un, <laughs> unacceptable alternatives <laughs> in general election for oh, the majority well, of people, and so, so I think it's a, so it, it, there's yeah. a lot of it there. I do think that folks in the business community that, you know, that, that think like Mark Cuban are a little bit frustrated with some of the, as I called earlier, manufactured one-sided culture war. And I think that he mm-hmm. called out, he said, the politicians that were there is just saying, look, this is, you know, you should be thinking about how to improve the lives of your constituents, not thinking about how do I uh, get the most followers on Twitter by, by bashing a certain group, which is most often and most yeah. recently the LGBTQ uh, plus community. And so I think that there's some frustration there from business leaders a lot. And so um, not that business leaders are that great. And, you know, in their records sometimes, but I think that they're better than our political class at this, at this juncture. Right. So, and, you know, just to echo that, right. So I was, it's a lot of the similar thoughts, right. So I was trying to think about a place where, what the way he called it out and saying like, this is good business, like, like, where is that not true? Right. So there's not, there's not a grand revelation here. Right, Nadia. I mean, yeah, I think, right. and I was thinking about this again, in the context of, you know, pride month and some of the issues that we've been seeing. And this is where you know conservatives are focusing their culture war efforts. And it seems like it's a very, very small minority, right? And I think that the politicians are paying attention to it more than everyone else. And so this is from, so this, just for example, this is from Human Rights Campaign. Nationally, eight in 10 Americans favor laws that would protect LGBTQ plus people against discrimination in jobs, public accommodations and housing. In a place like Florida, where there is currently a ban on using the word "gay" in schools, eighty percent support protections, and sixty-six percent oppose discrimination based on religion. Right. So, and you can just keep going mm-hmm. over and over, like the different conservative states. Mm-hmm. Republicans nationally, two-thirds of Republicans support protections against discrimination and oppose religious-based discrimination and exclusion. So
1: that's a higher. You can't, that's a higher number. You can't
2: get eighty percent of the people yeah, in this yeah. country to agree on anything, right? And so. So, Mark Cuban shouldn't get a ton of credit for stating the obvious. But as you said, if this is what it takes to reach folks, power. if you're a business leader, yeah. you can't figure out how to respond to accusations of being woke, just repeat what Mark Cuban said. I think you'll be good, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you got a billionaire saying something. I mean, that's, I think that's like we list we don't want to listen, but like when someone like Elon Musk talks, like people, (laughs) unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately. Um, And I think the same thing could be true with Mark Cuban is like, he has power. He has privilege. He's a billionaire. He has a number of businesses Mm -hmm. and, and people, when he listens, uh, when he speaks, people will listen. And so, um, like I said, it, it, if he's gonna be able to influence a group of people that I may not be able to influence, um, then so be it.
2: Yeah, Um, one one more thing. You notice that he didn't say, I can make a shit ton of money by doing it this way. He says it's about connecting to your customers and employees and their values. And so I think that that is the thread that I've started to see a little bit of just, that maybe it's a values case that we need to be paying attention to and not necessarily a business case. Ding, and ding, that ding. may move the needle <laughs> right. forward and shift the conversation in the right and correct direction. You can get think people to yeah. think about and businesses to think about connecting to their employees and customers' values.
1: Rob, I'm going to start quoting you on that. I love that. We need to start thinking about values-based versus business case. Like, I think we've been struggling with, like, this business case, you know, being able to lay it out and what it means for the business. It's like, well, it's values. And I love that sentiment. So thank you for sharing that. All right, folks. Well, that wraps up for the deets this week. Um, Stay with us. We'll be right back with our raves and rants. Uh Hello, folks. Welcome back, everyone. Um, it's that time for rants and raves. We did the coin toss, Rob.
2: Did we do did the we coin to toss? I think
1: thing? we did. I did it. You? May, I think We're
2: you never walked got any away We're getting good sound effects on the coin toss. Let's <laughs> see if we can work that in.
1: Well, maybe maybe Harry will be able to bring one in. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, all
2: right, Ari's So our I, production. I have both uh, a rant and then a tiny, tiny rave, or a, I mean, a big rave, but a rave for five impressive teenagers in Boston that formed the Hyde square task force and they went out and they compared food prices at stop and shop grocery stores in a less affluent part of jamaica plain as you know my old neighborhood to prices in a more affluent area just a couple of miles away and they found that food prices were about 18 percent higher in the less affluent area so the rant part is the fact that this is bullshit, and there's absolutely corporate profit taking you know when you see inflation that we're all dealing with. And so this is also, I suspect, an example of some of the negative impact of analytics, right? So companies using data to squeeze profits in the places where they can, targeting those that use food stamps, and then driving up the prices of basic goods in those particular areas. So come on, stop and shop, right? Like, like, and then yeah. in the article, they said that just down the street, they were opening a food pantry, from the places where Gosh. they were gouging people with food stamps. And so instead of uh, gouging people at your stores and then opening a food pantry down the street, yeah. how about just making food affordable in the first place for all of your customers where they okay. need it?
1: Sovereign shop. Do, do better. better. Wow. All right. Well, should we end on a Let's raid? do
2: it. Yes. Let's always.
1: <laughs> always. Um, okay. When manuel Miranda uh, launched the Rise theater directory intended to promote hiring of more underrepresented producers crew members and theater employees this is like a hiring type tool that's being created um and this will be in support to uh support of to increase the number of women non-binary folks and people of color who work um in or behind the scene uh roles and this was launched on june 8th so really excited that um you know, we're doing making efforts to have more representation in the arts, in
2: creative. Amazing, arts. amazing! Nice job, Lynn Manuel Miranda. I still can't forgive him for the Mary Poppins sequel, whatever that was. But
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> it wasn't that terrible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I had to sit through it, but okay. sure. But great job in in this particular project, right? looked yeah. there's good and bad with everyone, Absolutely. right? So that's our friend, friend of the show, Lynn <laughs> yes, Manuel true. Miranda. <laughs> All right, Nadia, I think that wraps it up for Inclusive Collective this week. Thanks so much. Another episode of Inclusive Collective in the books. So Inclusive Collective is a production of Refilion Media. We would love to hear from you. And I know a lot of shows say that, may not necessarily mean it, but we really mean it here at Inclusive Collective. So shoot us an email at at Refilion.com. You can say anything. We can talk about anything. I'll I'll, I'll get back to you. Um, You can also find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok if you like what you and YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, no, we're doing a lot of, uh, a lot of people signing up on YouTube channels as well. So definitely check us out on YouTube. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts or videos, as we just said about YouTube. If you want to get in touch with us for consulting, check out Nadia at nazconsults.com and Rob at Consulting.com. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Thanks, Nadia.